0: Hey, guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh?
1: A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes!
0: Wait! Did we just invent California?
1: Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.
0: My
2: next guest, he's on the phone. Maceo A. Brown, he is the president and CEO of System 5 Electronics, the largest, I repeat, the largest African-American-owned and operated security alarm and monitoring company in the state of Georgia. In his role, he directs daily operations, implements strategies for success, Creates product distinctions and positions his company as an industry leader. Something I am always striving for. My wife said, why you do three meetings all the time? You always do these meetings. You always meet and you always meet. I said, because I have something in my head I want to share. And if you don't tell people, then sometimes they might not understand how passionate you are about that. Aside from being a successful entrepreneur, Mr. Brown is the founder of Maceo. M-A-C-E-O. Mentoring aspiring CEOs. Kids, a nonprofit organization created to pair African-American youth with mentors in an effort to foster an entrepreneurial spirit. The nonprofit provides opportunity for young men and women to learn the importance of economic empowerment, community development, and enrichment. Please welcome the Money Making Conversation Masterclass, Maceo A. Brown. Welcome, sir. Good to be
3: here. Good to be here.
2: Did I get it all out, Maceo? Did I get it all out?
3: Yes, you did. Yes, you did. You said (laughs) I appreciate it. I did, really do. Thank you so
2: much. Well, first of all, I appreciate you because you are a uh, groundbreaker, trailblazer. You're doing something that 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 that, that, that isn't is traditional in the thought process of what we do. So, I want to go all the way back when you were when you were thinking about this. What did what did well, How did this initial idea of getting into the security business? Were you an employee somewhere? How did you learn this craft, and how did you go to the next level with that craft?
3: Well, I first came through the IBEW, International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 613. I was the second set of African-Americans to go through that program. Okay. My dad always said, you know, if you learn a trade, son, there is no glass ceiling. Mm-hmm. And then uh, five years later, Reagan administration the economy tanked. And so I diversified and met a, a gentleman who was in the security business, and he told me about it, and it was a residual income. So I said, okay, this is a recession-proof business. So I said, I need to go ahead and get into that. So I sold all my assets from Maceo Brown Electric Contractors and switched over to System 5 Electronics. I went back to the same customers' houses that I wired throughout all of Southwest Atlanta and switched their services over. Back then, <laughs> uh, Rollins had the market, ADT had the market. Yes. And, uh, they welcomed me as a black entrepreneur to say, hey, we're so proud to see you in this business. You know, we want to spend our money with our own kind.
2: So you had an audience that did that was, that was welcoming, to, but how did you win them over? Because, you know, there, there are stereotypes that black have about blacks when it comes to entrepreneurship, the same service, or the same— sometimes the expectations are a lot higher. Did you have to deal with that in the
3: early years or even today? Well, you know, I took seven kids out of high school that was not college-bound. I started teaching them the same books I learned through the IBW Dress Code, The Way You Speak, Yes, Sir, sir Yes, Ma'am. Mm -hmm. You know, and that was so important when my customers saw my young men approaching them, you know, and the way they came up to them. And I taught them all about how to be polite to these people. You know, they kept calling me back and saying, I'm really proud of what you're doing with these young people. Mm. You know, I have not experienced them because, you know, a lot of us, like you said, stereotype. We don't like our young men coming up to us a certain way. You know, they have to be groomed. You know, we, we make sure that you have a neat appearance. And, uh, you know, that kind of win them over at that point in time because, you know, they learned that, you know, when they see me, Maceo Brown, the people that work for me represent me. They are, they look like me. They are part of me. They're going to act like me. Right. So, you know, you know, that really worked out very, very well. You know, strong values is everything. And, and once you teach a kid that in a classroom setting, you know, you, you impact their life going forward. You know, it helps them to become a father figure. You know, in their own homes and and go back and say, you know, I can raise a child because, you know, some of them, they didn't have that father with them at that time. Right. So, you know, I I really taught a lot of that, and especially I taught uh, economic empowerment, how you save your money, how you're supposed to spend it on, you know, wasteful things, you know. You want to make sure you invest your money so you can grow. So a lot of these things that they don't teach in the high school system today, which should be taught, you know, we can help elevate our kids much faster,
2: let me ask you, I'm, talking, I'm speaking to Maceo A. Brown. He's the president and CEO of System 5 Electronics, the largest African-American owned and operated security alarm and monitoring company in the state of Georgia. Maceo, you can talk. You're articulate. When did you realize you could communicate and people responded to the way you communicated?
3: Well, I was always honest. I'm church going. My mother uh, went to church on Saturday. She was a Seventh-day Adventist. My father was a Baptist with the church on Sunday. And then we had Bible study on uh, Wednesday. Right. So, uh, you know, that kind of helped me along. And meeting people, I always network with people, shake a lot of hands. (laughs) <laughs> and, and make sure I'm in front of a lot of people. And then, you know, I had three other brothers that was role models in front of me. My oldest brother was Milton. He worked for the uh, I-B-W, I mean the uh, IBM. Mm-hmm. Uh he came to Georgia Tech and then my other brother Thomas Brown, he ended up being the sheriff of the Cap County. And now he's nominated for US Marshal. And then my other brother, Wendell Brown, you know, both of us went through the IBEW. So, you know, the trade what really helped us along the way in making that really happen because, you know, a lot of these kids, they don't know about the trade job, electrical plumbing, carpentry, heating and air. You know, these are jobs that you can make endless amount of money, you know, learning the trade and developing yourself in the right direction going forward.
2: We always tell them, like my daughter, she recently graduated from college and I was fortunate to graduate from college, have a degree in mathematics and a minor in sociology. And I always tell people they can't repo your degree. You know, once you once you learn that, like the same thing that you are saying with a trade. Once you learn that trade, you know, you 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 know, you you're you recession proof. Long as you are willing to put the work in. Now, of course. All trades aren't glamour, glamorous, like all degrees on glamorous. Everybody wants to wants to glamour. They wants to wants to shine. They want it to be sparkle. They want to pick up gold when they start immediately mining for gold. But that isn't the opportunities that are available out there. And then the younger generation, whether it's Gen Z or the Millennials, gets such a bad rap about their dreams. You're out there in the workplace, the hiring place, you know you got one of the largest companies in this in the state of Georgia. Tell us your perception. And I'm saying this, it's something that's locked down or the truth. But we all have perceptions. Like I have perceptions. When people are starting to say things about, well, this is what millennials want. They want to, they want to take the shortcut. The Gen Zs, Gen Zs, they don't want to, they don't want to work hard. What is your perspective of the, of the, of the uh, viable work environment out there, sir?
3: Well, you know, you, you got to find a, a unique child. You know, somebody who's driven. You know, when you do your interview process. You always asking What's your five year plan? Mm-hmm. You know, if they can't give you a good answer to five year plan, then nine times out of ten, you, you, you got the wrong candidate. That can take you. <laughs> you know, you want to make sure somebody wants to inspire to be something. Right. And if they want to inspire to be something, then you can bring them into your business and say, Hey, you can grow with this company. I can put you a part of uh, either whether you're in the accounting department, whether you're in the marketing department, or whether you're one of my lead techs out in the field or whether you're working in the service department where you're only doing service work, and then let them see what the future lies for them. You know, say in one year, you're gonna be making this amount of money. In three years, you'll make this amount of money. And you create incentives for them. You know, I tell my employees, you know, once they get over five years, they'll own a certain percentage of my company. When they when they get 10 years, they'll own another percentage of my company. So I learned that, you know, giving back, because, you know, this is God's house. I don't own this company completely. You know, God helped me build this company. It's not mine, I can't take it with me. But if I give back a portion of to my employees, I'm going to create a long uh, longevity here for the people that's going to be here. And I'm creating generational wealth at the same time. So I know my legacy is going to continue to go forward. So those are the things I try to inspire kids and just just let them know what the future. But you know, if they want to open up their business at some point in time, then I'm going to always wish them well. I mean, it's not an easy task to do. It takes a lot to get to, to get a company off the ground. But you gotta be motivated. I mean you gotta eat, sleep and drink your company. You gotta know every day you wake up you're creating a new idea. You having meetings, you know, at least every week or every two weeks with your your team. So you can create uh new ideas and things that we're working on that may not be uh a good direction for us that we want to change, you know, and job cost is so important. So, you know, you really want to make sure you stir on job costs. How much money we make when we do this type of job? How much money we make in here? And, you know, policies are everything, you know. We use tracking devices in all our vehicles. We already know what time you're going to get there, what time you're going to leave. So we can always tell the customer, you know, my driver showed up at 830. He left at 9 o'clock. Right. You know, they door-tagged the door. So we let the customers know that we're going to make all the efforts possible to be able to give you quality service. We're going to be the first one there. We're going to be on time. We're not going to be running late. If we're five minutes late, we're going to pick up the phone and make that call, let the customer know we're running five minutes late. People want to see that out of an African-American company. They don't just want to see you just show up and then give an excuse. You want to make sure you plan ahead so you let the end user know that, hey, we appreciate your business. We appreciate everything you're doing because at the end of the day, I tell my employees, you don't really work for me. You work for the customer. And once you buy into that, that you work for the customer, the customer is going to always give you the business. You know, it costs us $50 to acquire a new customer because we have a give back program, $50 to refer us to someone When you're referred by a customer, it's easy for your sales team to go out there and close that deal because they're referred by someone who's very satisfied with what you have done. Whereas opposed to someone Googles your company and then you go out there, you got to really make an impression in order to win that business over. So we work with a lot of black churches. I go out and do guest speaking and talk about some of the things. Let me hold
2: that thought because you're on the roll. You are dropping jewels, my friend. Keep that energy up. We're going to come back after this break and we're going to continue because you're saying what I say every day on this show, but you're saying it from a standpoint of way more power. You employ people, you're a brand, you're an institution in this state.
1: We'll be right back with more Money Making Conversations Masterclass with Rashawn McDonald. Now let's return to Money Making Conversations Masterclass with Rashawn McDonald. Uh,
2: What you're saying is inspiring stuff, but it's also consistent stuff about putting that client first. You know, you hear that a lot. You always say, you know, the, the, the customer's always right. You hear that, but you really, that's part of your mantra, correct?
3: Right, you gotta sell yourself first and then you sell the company, then you sell the product. Cause if I don't like you from the beginning, I'm not gonna buy your product. So you have to let the customer know I'm an honest person. I'm gonna be fair with you. I'm gonna show you uh, my price book. I'm gonna show you how I compare with other companies to show you that I'm saving you money. And these are some of the things I teach my sales team when they go out because a lot of companies can tell you different things and say, hey, we can put a system in free and then they charge you $50, 60 a month. Well, a lot of us don't do the math. So if you get a system from us and you're paying 26 or $24 per month and you subtract it from that 50 or 60 mm-hmm. times that your contract, you've just bought my system three times. So when you show that to the end user, they realize, wow, I'm saving money by investing up front to buy the system, own the system. Then I got to earn your business from that point on. So I make sure I'm very service driven. You know, we have to be service driven. We want to make sure we turn the service call around in less than two days. If you're having a problem, if we can't get it that day, we're going to try to get it the next day.
2: And that's so important to me. You know, I'm I'm fortunate I I own a building. And when I get a service call, you know, they, they send you, you know, they, they text you photos now because of security issues of COVID. There's so many rules. So you had to change your game a little bit with COVID hit because your service had to be because you are an installation company. Correct. You're a monitoring company, but you do installation. So you're going people's home. You're going to business. How did that impact you as a business?
3: Well, I've gone through three recessions, uh, and, and we've got out both, all three was not a problem. I mean, this last one with COVID. We did very well with our numbers because most people were at home. And because they were working from home, they wanted to get their system serviced. Right. They wanted to make sure all their devices was working. So when my technicians show up, you know, they got to have the booties on. They got to make sure they don't walk in there with shoes on. They got something to cover up their shoes. They got to make sure they're wearing a mask properly. And they're always cleaning up. They're not. The customer can't say, I'll worry about that. I'll pick that up. No, ma'am, give me your vacuum. I'm going to pick that up. So we make sure that we strive up for that because, you know, good news never go around. Bad <laughs> news always travel.
2: It is called Lewis speed on it. Bad news is called Lewis speed. I know that for a fact. Yeah. We have a call <laughs> in right quick. Uh, Macy, I want to take him right quick. Maybell from Athens, Georgia. How are you doing? This is Rashawn McDonald.
1: I'm doing well. How are you? Pretty
2: good. Maybelle, what, what what's your question?
1: Um, So my question to Mr. Brown is, as a mother of a 14, 16, and 18-year-old African-American males, how do I encourage them to do better and be gentlemen without belittling them?
3: Uh, What you should do is you should sit down with them, with my nonprofit. I had my kids. I took them out to Mirror Lake's. Uh, And a lot of them have never seen some of these larger homes before. A lot of us is a lack of exposure. We don't get within a 10-mile radius of where we live. So when you show them a larger home at a younger age, they say, wow, I would like to live like that. Mm -hmm. And then you take them back and say, let's do a budget at home. How much is my light bill? How much is the gas bill? How much is the water bill? How much do we have to pay for insurance? You lay out all of those areas that you have to pay bills inside the house, your car, your car insurance, and then you add them all up for a month. And then you say, OK, if I go to work for McDonald's and I'm making $10 an hour, can I live in a home like this? No, you can't. OK, if, if I get A's or B's in school, then I'm going to make far more money and I can live in a home like that. So I think a lot of it is we don't paint the picture from a finance situation to where a kid has something that's going to drive him to want to be there. All kids have a passion to be something. Once you tap into that passion, you want to help them with that passion as much as possible. But you got to let them know that the smarter kids are going to live a better life. If you make average C's and D's, you're not going to live a good life. Mm. If you make B's and A's or A's plus, you're going to live a great life because you're getting your work that needs to be done. Because once you come out, the nine times out of 10, especially if you're making straight A's, You don't have to pay for that college education you already got it paid for so you need to just paint that picture with them early and say listen these are the bills that mama has to pay so then they know how to cut the water faucet off at a certain time or cut the light switch off i taught my kids how to read an electrical meter how to read a water meter so when they turn that water meter on they see that dial spinning that's how much money you're wasting <laughs> coming through that line. You turn that light switch on and you see that thing spinning, then you already know you're wasting that amount of money inside the house. So parents would call me back and say, Mr. Brown, I don't know what you told about stuff, but every time he walks out of his room, he turns off the lights there. He never cuts the water until he's ready to brush his teeth. You know, mentally, you got to feed that into their mind. My father was a military guy. So the moment you wake up out of the bed, the first thing you got to do is you got to up, make up the bed.
2: leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash shot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply.
3: Once you make up the bed, you got to go in there and brush your teeth. You know, it was just a program. So you're having, like I tell people, young people, it's like you're the programmer. You have to program that child to do certain habits, good habits, that's going to propel them to the top. Wow. And let them know that you're not a follower, you're a leader. There you go. I want you to be a leader, not a follower. So don't walk around with your pants hanging down because impression is everything. You don't want to be like someone. You want to be the person they want to admire. Awesome. That's who I want to look like, that person right there.
2: Maybell, was that able, was he able to answer your question? Oh,
1: yes, sir. That, that was wonderful. Thank you so much. And I will... Take heed to everything you're saying. Thank you so much, Ed Rashad. I love your show. I in weekly. Keep doing what you're doing.
2: I appreciate the compliment, and but more importantly, it's my guests that come on the show. And I want to share an example about, I remember in high school, Maceo, or Mr. Brown, Um, I had two friends, Regina Rodney, who eventually graduated from Rice University, and then it was uh, Michelle Roberts, who eventually graduated from University of Purdue, Purdue University. And we used to get in my little beat up 71 Pintos, chocolate brown, and we used to drive to neighborhoods that we didn't live in and just look at houses and look at yards and just see things mm-hmm. that would like and we would go wow. I go and I would and 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 I would see cars that weren't in my neighborhood. Cause I grew up in a black neighborhood. And I tell people this today, you know, when you grew up in a black neighborhood, you get on a bus with black people, when the bus would take you downtown and drop you off where black people are at. And you get back on that bus, and it take you back to black people, and so you have to take people to see more than black people, because you can get trapped into believing that's all you can be, that's all you can see. And when I went to the, and I will tell you, I would, I would uh, every car that I saw as a kid, whether it was a sports car, whether it was a Porsche, a Mercedes Benz, or whatever, I have been fortunate to to buy those type of cars, the homes that I live in, whether it was a big yard or hedges or, you know, gutters were black and white brick that came from those driving through the neighborhoods and looking at houses. And and so when I went to buy my houses or when I went to do my lawn, it was already in my head. My wife would ask me, she said, how do you just, how do you just see this stuff? Because it's burned in my brain. I've seen this. As a kid, when I was 16, 17, 18, of saying that's what I want, that's what I want. And when you keep saying that's what you want, you position yourself to get it. And when you get it, then guess what? It changes everybody around you. And that's all you're saying, correct, Mr. Brown?
3: That's right. That's right. Because when I was in the seventh grade, I used to carry a briefcase to school. People used to get on me about that briefcase. I said, I'm going to be a business owner one day, you know. So I carried a briefcase. I put my books in a briefcase. You know, I kind of melted after my godfather, Maceo Newberry, he had a store in Vine City. You know, he taught me how to stock the room and how to position the cans and all that stuff and just stay organized and neat. So with this younger generation, you got to find that hot spot, that, that that passion of what they want to be. But like you say, exposure is everything. And then teaching them what does it really cost to live. So when they see a job, they know, okay, I want to live nice like this. So i got to get good grades in school if I want to live like this. But like you said, you know, going around and seeing other properties and, and going in other communities and seeing these things, then you can inspire to be something. You know, when I came up, it was live to be the American dream. Everybody wanted to live the American dream. You don't hear that anymore. Mm-hmm. Kids don't say, I want to live the American dream. They <laughs> you don't. Just don't hear it anymore.
2: Well, you know, I think that what happens is because of the fact that, you know, everything's so immediate, You know, you know, the apps you have cell phones. You can actually see people across the world. You know, you can be on a plane and see somebody on the ground and talk to them visually and, uh, and uh, through audio. And then you can watch your favorite movie while you're, while you're not even at the house anymore. And so you're so connected that your dreams can sometimes be muddied because they, they can be on top of you. That's when you hear so much about, you know, mental health.
1: We'll be right back with more Money Making Conversations Masterclass with Rashawn McDonald. Now let's return to Money-Making Conversations Masterclass with Rashawn McDonald. How did you
2: get come up with the name of your company, System 5 Electronics? Why that name?
1: Uh,
3: my wife helped me with that. She did the logo. Uh, back then, the five services was, you know, we did phone, we did intercoms, we did central vac, we did security, and then we did cameras. And so now if you ask me that same question, it's probably about <laughs> 10 to 20 different things. It's <laughs> I mean, system did,
2: right? 20, huh? System 20 electronics.
3: <laughs> right. It's <laughs> right. so much else we do because our newer panels now, facial recognition. Right. So we've gone from a button to a, a two-way voice system that's a liquid crystal keypad to now we, we can walk up to the keypad and sees your face and it can disarm the alarm system. So technology just changes every two to three years. We see something that's being invented and brought out. And so it's amazing the technology. And people love gadgets, like you said. You know, in my business, you want to get them hooked on the smartphone because everybody carries their smartphone right. around. Every time you look around, you see somebody with a smartphone. So if, if your system don't connect them with that smartphone, then you're going to lose that consumer. So we make sure that everybody, sit, is, when they sign up with us, that they have an app on the phone. They can arm and disarm their system. They can receive full notifications, whether it's low batteries, AC power failures, or just letting them know when someone comes in and out of the house. You know, these are critical things that people want to know all the time. Uh, so it's really, really important, especially our wellness program now. You know, it does a behavior study right. in the 30 day. So if you have someone with Alzheimer's or something like that, you can put our system in and say, hey, I want the wellness. We turn on the little button and then we introduce the wellness and it tracks what time you get out of the bed, what time you get in the bed, what time you open up your medicine cabinet. And if you leave out the door at two o'clock in the morning, it knows that that's not your behavior. It's going to text your loved ones and say, hey, you might want to check on mom and dad because they're doing something that's not normal. Wow.
2: You know, it's really interesting just hearing your uh, your energy, hearing your approach to this. When I look at technology, you know, and you are absolutely correct. That app, because I I can open my at my business, I can open up my gate, I can close my gate, I can keep it open. I just love that feature. I can look at all the ten cameras at my building. I love that feature too. And then right, I can definitely. I can turn my alarm off, turn it off. My employees arrive early. I can turn off the alarm. They leave, stay late. I can keep it on but that's, that's right. those those gadgets man you know look at me i'm happy i'm happy so you you are absolutely right gadgets are drive of uh, americans okay
3: <laughs> that's right that's right you control your garage door opener and all kind of other things you know uh but but to get back to the young lady's question i started thinking of some stuff yes, you sir. know cuz i'm 66 years old and uh, when i came up you know, I, I, my mother, I followed my mother around. You know, I was able to see, you know, colored men, colored women. Mm-hmm. And I used to ask my mother, why can't we go upstairs? Well, that's white only, you know. And then that kind of gave me an impression, why, why, why? You know, then I really wanted to do better because I wanted to show them I can be just as good as any other person. Right. So when says, don't teach critical race theory in schools. You know, if they don't want to do it, you should teach it at home. You should let them see what the past looked like so they'll know what the future is in front of them. There's so many people went ahead of them to open up these doors. The opportunity is there for you now. You have all the opportunities in front of you. You need to take advantage of what Dr. King, Malcolm X... All these people who struggle to make sure you have a better opportunity, you need to see that. So a lot of these movies, they need to take them back and let them see these movies and take that phone away from them. Don't let them be hooked on the phone 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You know, because if they don't have a good conversation or they can't communicate very well, they're going to have problems in life.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely.
3: Communication skills. So you got to so you gotta take that phone out of the kid's hand when they're coming up as a younger person to make sure they don't lose out on the communication skills. We well, you know,
2: I, want, I wanted to follow up and call about self education educating your kid and self education. Like my degree is in mathematics, and my minor is in sociology. If I had to do it all over again, I probably would have my degree of being sociology probably go get a PhD because of the fact that what I learned from a from a from a black history, black cultural. I, I learned so much when I realized that how much information isn't taught in public school. You know, basically, they talk about slavery. They talk about they always mention the cotton gin. They mention a couple of things. They don't mention that blacks participated in World War I, World War II. They, then it goes up to the Brown versus the Board of Education. Then it talks a little bit about Dr. Martin Luther King. And then, then he gets, then John F. John, JFK gets assassinated. Then he gets assassinated. Robert Kennedy gets assassinated. And basically it kind of like stops. And That's right. That education, what you're talking about, is important because of the fact that you cannot let people dictate your knowledge. And that's what I learned in sociology. I, I will tell you, Mr. Brown, I was so moved by about my ignorance of what I had contributed as a race of people. And not being denied that information is scary. And that's all you're saying. Knowledge can change a child and an adult's approach to life if you take it in and accept it and also seek it out. And that's what you're saying right now,
3: correct? That's right, because knowledge is power. Someone's going to always say that knowledge is power. The Bible says too much is given, much is required. So that means you got to do something to have something. The Spirit is inside of all of us, and all we have to do is enact it, and then God opens up the windows and make it happen. So if you, you know, as a man, think it, so is he. So if you're thinking of something all the time, The Spirit is going to bring people around you to make that happen. You just got to be open-minded to see it happening. You know, you got to be open-minded to know that you're blessed and and, and you're a child of God on this earth. So when I started my business and people said, you are crazy for quitting your job. You're making $60,000 a year. And back in those days, that was a lot of money. I said, no, I'm going to start my own business because I've had enough of white America. I am not going to continue to get these big bonus checks at Christmas time. I know how much money he's got to be making. So I'm going to start my own business. And I started out of my house, just like most people do. You got to start at the basics. You know, I turned my living room into a conference room, my dining room into a meeting room, I turned one of my bedrooms into an office, I turned my garage into a into a warehouse, and I I turned the back porch into a training facility for my kids, and I and I took off from there, and within three years later, I started meeting people like Mr. N. H. Brunner. Who became mm-hmm. a mentor, mentor to me, Mr. H.J. Russell? Back in those, you know, those people really wanted to help as many African Americans as possible. Right, you know, there are people out there that want to do that. But if you if you bring the clock back to right now and you say, okay, what's going on with the trade jobs? Because a lot of us they won't teach it in school, and that that's a, that's a big failure for all our politicians right now. Because if you go to the IBW where I came out, you're not going to see that many black electricians. You're going to see Hispanics. They're not teaching the blacks the electrical, the plumbing and the carpentry because they don't have to do that anymore. They was mandated to teach us that when we came up. So a lot of us, when we learn to trade, you learn how to do job costs, you learn how to do takeoffs. So you, you were taught how to run a business in a certain way. You were taught these things. So when you say, okay, I'm gonna start my business, you already know because you were already taught how to read blueprints. You know, things that you really needed to know in life to be able to propel in this world. So, you know, it's unfortunate now that when you look at Georgia Power, some of these companies out there, if you pay attention to the people who are working on these trucks, they are not that many African-Americans anymore. Right. Where in that generation, for three generations, there was a lot of African-Americans doing these trade jobs. So you always say 20 percent of our kids are going to college. of our kids are not going to college. We are not focusing on the 80% of the kids that just don't want to go to college. I was not college material. So me learning to trade, that was the perfect thing for me because I was good with my hands. Because when I came up, we worked on our own cars. We changed our own transmissions. We, we we put in our own. We changed our own tires. You ask a kid that day to change the tires. <laughs> He's gonna look at you pretty funny right about there. You know, <laughs> call AAA. Hey, go look at the
2: app. They gonna look for that phone now. That, that app. You know. There you go. You, you know go the you know, app. you know the beauty of talking to you, Mr. Brown, is that um, you know. And I consider myself a knowledgeable person, a person that has a, a lot of excellent life experiences. But wow, you are a wow guy. You are a pie piper of information. And, and and it's really, and i say that with, with, with genuine uh, happiness because of the fact that, you know, I'm 64 and you're 66. And, you know, people always say, people get stunned when I tell them that age because, you know, I'm going to be, I would tell people, don't use age as an excuse. You know, live your life. All right. 2015, I was I was uh, diagnosed with cancer, and fortunately, I'm living my life. I'm living life not because I was diagnosed with cancer, because I'm living my life, because life is allowed. Is, God has is given me the opportunity to live. And when I look yeah, at God. you, I want to let you know, please know, I don't want this to be our last conversation. You, uh, you know, Once a quarter, if I can get you on the show, just do some motivation. Please come on Money Making conversation when I call you, Mr. Brown. Please don't shut me out, okay?
3: That's not a problem. I've gone through what you've gone through. I've gone through cancer three times. I know it's in the food that we eat. Our neighborhoods are a food desert. We've got to eat a raw vegan-type diet. Yes, sir. vegetables. You know what our grandparents grew up on that never even knew what a doctor looked like. Absolutely. You know, I've fought those battles, and I know exactly what it takes to now continue to keep my body here because— You know, uh, uh, I'm going to bring you on the show
2: so we can tell tell that story. I got to run, sir. You've been amazing. Thank you for coming on Money Making Conversation Masterclass. Maceo A. Brown. Thank you so much for having
3: me. You're
2: awesome. Thank you.